Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez, and today we're going to continue the conversation that we started with last week about talking to ourselves, the importance of that relationship and the importance of that communication is really the foundation of our ability to be compassionate to others. And before we get started, just a reminder, my books, More Than Words, The Freedom to Thrive After Trauma and Fearless Abundant Life Through Infinite Love, those are both up on Amazon. And if you want to get connected for human and spiritual integration workshops that I'm happily offering online now, as well as um, able to come out to your location, your parish diocese seminary. Um, also for updates on the latest um, areas where I'm giving retreats or um, be presenting, those will all be available on the website, sacredhearthealingministries.com. So jumping in today, with continuation on our talk about talking to ourselves. And this time we're going to talk about actually, what do we do with those mean thoughts in our head? What do we do particularly with those mean thoughts towards ourselves? Do we just ignore them? How do we talk to those mean voices or do we, do we engage with them or do we just stick our fingers in our ears and go, no, 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 no. Don't think about it. Don't listen to it. Be positive. Think happy thoughts. Well, with those pesky self-commentary kind of thoughts that can be mean or discouraging, if we ignore them, that is not going to work. What ends up happening is, is that that voice will fester like a splinter. It'll just get more painful. Ignoring it won't solve things and can actually exacerbate the situation. Let me me give you a kind of visual on that. Have you ever been around a toddler and seen how they are when they're ignored? They get louder, right? It's not like they're ignored. And so they just decide they ought to keep quiet. They get louder and they can be quite resolute in their dedication to be heard. It's amazing. It can be annoying to witness such motivation and determination, and yet it can be um, really inspiring. It's usually the pitch at which they're screeching that that is annoying, but the motivation and determination could, could, you know, win wars and, and conquer nations, right? So frequently the need that they're trying to express can be simple. And when they know they've been heard compassionately, it begins to move toward the situation being resolved. And I'm not saying that they're necessarily going to like not getting their way any more than any of us, but when they know they're safe, heard and presented with the alternate plan, they can begin to align themselves with it. Even if there's a little grumping along the way, 
And now contrast that with when they're ignored and the unnecessary intensity and drama that can take place. And this is honestly, this isn't any different, I don't think, than us as adults. We just see it in a um, kind of heightened way a lot of times with toddlers. And we have the benefit of distance to to be able to see that it doesn't make sense for somebody to be throwing a fit that they can't have a candy bar instead of having their dinner or instead of waiting for dinner, you know, but a lot of times, quite frankly, we do these things in our own lives. At least I know that I've done that with the Lord and, and complained about um, whatever I want in a situation not happening when I know he has a lot better plan for it. And Yet it's when we ourselves, even as adults, we need those same things. We need to know that we're safe and that we're heard and that there's another plan. Even if we don't know what that plan is, you know, Jeremiah 29 says, the Lord says, I know what the plans I have for you, plans for your welfare, not for woe, plans to give you a future full of hope. And so it's those, those things that we need for that part of our heart to kind of settle down, to be safe, to be heard, and to be presented with the alternate plan. Then ultimately, a peaceful resolution still requires those, those voices being acknowledged and addressed compassionately as opposed to being ignored, right? Being ignored, not a good long-term plan. I'm just going to think I wasn't heard. And so I'm going to cry out louder and louder and louder and more insistently. And um, it's kind of like the scripture about the, the person going to their friend in the night and knocking on the door and asking for a loaf of bread or, or the widow, I think it was, who's badgering the judge for her case to be heard um, and to, to be settled in her favor. And, um, you know, even if it's not done because, it's the right thing to do. We eventually do it because it becomes so annoying. So, so ignoring does not work. Instead, it's because that, you know, that voice is just going to get louder and cry out more and more and more until we know we're heard. And so it's for this reason that when we have a negative commentary about ourselves going on in our own mind, the best course of action is yet again, like we talked about last time, to show compassion towards ourselves. I know it sounds crazy. Be compassionate to a dirty, rotten, mean, and nasty thought about myself, but that's actually the most consistent thing to do. So we want to stay consistent in that, in that compassionate mode. Like, for example, if the thought is I did something stupid or that was ridiculous for me to forget something, you know, like just this morning, right? I went to the gym and I left my cell phone here at home. Now I need my phone in order to be able to log in at the gym and also to be able to access the workout information that I use, but I forgot it, forgot it at my apartment. And so instead of beating myself up, I just explained the situation to the fellow at the desk and he was great. Let me come on in the gym. And then I was able to access the workout information through a friend's phone. I was able to go online and and look up what I needed to look up. Thankfully, maybe it was because I was too tired to beat myself up, but thankfully that didn't come to mind. It did not come to mind to beat myself up. Instead, I was able to be compassionate 
towards myself and think, you know, maybe it's because I'm not fully caffeinated and it's only five o'clock in the morning. And, and so I'm not doing my best remembering jobs. So, so we want to stay consistent with that compassionate mode. There's still the idea is that there's still an I of me that can respond to that negative thought, negative emotion compassionately. Why would I do that? Well, the Lord tells me to, he tells me to love myself, right? Because he tells me to love my neighbor as myself, which means he's telling me to love myself. And then also, if we really think about it and really break it down, that emotion or that thought's really coming out of a misguided desire to help me do better in the future. Being put down, beat up and demoralized by myself won't accomplish that desire. It's not going to help me be um, to remember more or, or be more effective uh, any more than a, you know, a loud or angry coach is going to motivate a little league baseball team to want to keep playing their best, right? Eventually they're throwing their gloves in the, in the, down in the ground and kicking it and, you know, crossing their arms and <laughs> like, they don't want to be there. And eventually they may even quit the team and we can do that to ourselves. We can so, so uh, condemn and demoralize ourselves that kind of feel like why even try? It's so discouraging. So when those self-destructive emotions go through my mind, I can speak to that part to thank it for working so hard and acknowledge that it's trying to be helpful. And then instead I can let it know that I, the compassionate me, am taking care of the situation. And just ask it if it'd be willing to let me handle things in, in compassion and see how it goes. And you may actually be surprised how willing it is to try a new and loving way, because quite frankly, for a lot of us, that discouraging, condemning, um, complaining thoughts about ourselves has been working really hard. And it's kind of happy to have the day off, even if it's, you know, watching from the wings to ready to jump in if, if it's help is needed, but it's willing to watch and see if going about it a different way has a different result. So denial is never a good plan. Instead, we want to remain compassionate because it's actually love that casts out fear way better than intimidation does. If everyone just does better when they're loved. So I just want you to remain compassionate towards yourself in order to love your neighbor as yourself. It's really crucial for us to love ourselves. That's going to be able to give you the, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And don't ignore those negative thoughts. We're going to, honesty is the best policy. But even, in, even with honesty about those negative thoughts, we can still remain compassionate. You know, I, th- I think a lot of times when I've seen this as a therapist is really just what happens is as we grow up so often, we're used to having either how our mother speaks to us or how our father speaks to us or some combination of the two become that voice with which we speak to ourselves. You know, kind of the, the parent that would step in when we've forgotten something or we're neglecting to do something, right? If how many of us had parents who actually did that from a consistently compassionate place? 
And so when we take up that uh, uh, critical voice towards ourselves, because maybe that was what was modeled for us and how we were spoken to. And so we just kind of absorbed it as how we were meant to be spoken to if we didn't do things perfectly. And that's not to fault anybody. You know, a lot of times that's how our parents were spoken to by their parents and so forth and so on. And you can trace it all the way back to the garden after that darn apple was eaten. Right. But we can actually call a time out and examine that voice with which we're speaking to ourselves and evaluate if it's compassionate or not. If it's not compassionate, we can choose to speak to ourselves in a different way and can, and speak to that non-compassionate critical thought from a place of love. We're really able to do that. And, and trust me, I can tell you for myself just how much that's been a game changer. I remember there was a point um, where with what I was doing for work, I was so busy and had to carry so many things out to my car in the morning that sometimes I would end up forgetting my laptop or forgetting my lunch or, or whatever the case might be. And so then what I would do is I would begin to complain against myself to myself. I'd be like, oh, that's so dumb. Like you forgot your laptop. Like, oh my goodness, I have to go back inside. I forgot my lunch. And yet I realized like, did I really forget it? No, I'm still in the garage, you know, or I'm still in the driveway. Okay. Maybe I, maybe I backed out of the garage, but I'm still in the driveway. Like, thank God instead that I remembered it. And so then I can go back inside and get it and, you know, kind of be like, thank you, Lord, for reminding me to get that. That's great. I'm so grateful that I didn't drive off without it. And boy, what a different tone it set inside me for the day. Just amazing. Just that simple little thing, you know, it's these, these little tiny ways that, um, that, that negativity can slip in and chip away, chip away, chip away at us. But when we catch it and we use it as an opportunity, flip it around, use it as an opportunity for, for gratitude and compassion, then that muscle of gratitude and compassion gets stronger. So be compassionate towards yourself, be honest with the critical thoughts, but be compassionate towards them as well, because they are not who you are. May the Lord give you his peace. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com.